I had I had to start the recording because we're missing watch talk. Oh yeah. So yeah, <laughs> multi-band technology. It's they call it they call it multi-band six, but uh, you know there are a bunch of radio towers throughout the world that send out atomic clock signals, so your watch is always perfectly timed. And so ours is in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, so this watch, th- this Casio um, G-Shock, you know, basically doesn't need a battery. I mean, eventually the backup battery will be need to re- be replaced, but it charges that battery and uh, connects with your phone so you can do some extra stuff with it. It's not truly a smart watch, um, you know, like an Apple watch or something, but it's cool. And it's a G-Shock, so it's indestructible, but... Does it have a piano on it? It, uh, it does not, but I do have a Casio keyboard upstairs that was my Are wife. they the same? I don't, I don't even know if they're the same Casio that, that make the watches and keyboards. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, uh, did, uh, I really didn't know if they were the same. And okay. they make calculators. Uh, the, is, it, is it made out of paper? Because I learned from JVL that the great watches uh, are made out of paper. They're, yeah. They're... Japanese paper. Right. Yeah. Yes. Japanese paper that you can only get from the, the paper know. farm in Japan. I don't. I'm I don't know. Where does, where does Japanese slave girls working to make those paper? <laughs> you know, it's like a Moroccan rug. You know, oh, they've been working on this paper for fifteen years. <laughs> they grew the tree themselves, and then they chopped it down like the Giving Tree, and then they made it very, very thin and layered it so it has this perfect background. No, this is. I mean, it's a Casio, and they they all used to be made in Japan, but it's. Casio grew and grew. Now they make them in China and they make them in like. Um... So when you tell JVL about your Casio collection, does his, does his eye twitch or, or is he like impressed? No, I mean, I think, look, JVL, um, JVL has nothing against the higher end Casios. He's, he's told me because I, I told him why I bought one recently. Uh, it was for something that I'm not going to mention on air, but it was, uh, it was, a, it was, it was a present to myself and um, he, he looked at it and he said, oh, I was I was looking at this because they have some nice higher end um, watches that also have the multiband uh, technology that are analog watches. This could be me talking about prostitutes in Amsterdam. Like, like there are some really high quality, like the high end ones, really good. Uh, but most of them are just, you know, walking STDs. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a cheap watch aficionado. Um, I'm still hoping that we'll eventually get uh, Bulwark co-branded Timexes and Casios. Ooh, yeah. Know, when we win Mega Millions, that's going to be, I'm going to like, I'll place a minimum order and uh, we'll, we'll give them away. Okay. So any, any news on um, the Jew? Can, can I call okay. it that? Is that's that not, okay? No. That's not, I that's don't not think a, that that's... Sir, that's what it is. All right. But it's the way you said it. Yeah, so the neon cactus in, in the background, Jim, is that if you feel like, oh, I, I really want to get lucky tonight, and so you turn it on and your wife sees it and you're off to the races? Oh, no, that's that's my um, open sign that I bought at Restaurant Depot that I uh, I, I have above our bedroom uh, door. Restaurant <laughs> Depot? Yeah, it's like Costco for restaurants. No, no, no. I, um, I actually got this little um, neon cactus at Lidl. It's not really neon. It's neon style it's LED lights, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was three bucks. And um, you know, I figured with my Arizona ties, to, uh, you know, Senator Kyle back then I was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's a cool little accoutrement for my, uh, for my office. Needle those, we don't, I've never been to one of those. Are those like, um, like an average grocery store or are they, or are they more like an Aldi? They're, yeah, they're, they're all these big competitor and they haven't okay. really gotten off yep. the East Coast yet. Um, I mean, there's North is New York and there's South is Georgia right now. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of where they are. I mean, they've, they've canceled, canceled all over Europe, so they're pretty much everywhere now. I think I've set foot in one once. Yeah, I, I really like did, them. Did aisles you just use cancer as a verb there? Uh, yeah. Well, next time they have sure a, a watch shale, I'll, I'll scoop some up for you guys. They 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 tend to have uh, some Euro trash ten dollar watches periodically. I think I've posted those in various chats over the years. <laughs> I was going to buy them for JVL. All right. Well, I am clocked in. I got to get these kids out of the car, and maybe I'll be back in a little bit. But I'm clocked in, so I was not late. Um, ben is late. I'm not late. Ryan and I talked about we should, for the podcast being recorded, we should get like punch cards. And so 
for each episode, you have to like, you have to punch in. Even if you're late, you still have, you, you have to do your hours. And so if yeah. no one else is here, you, you still, you have to sit here. I don't know where Ben is. Um, I mean, I have Slack here on my, on mega, mega screen here. And I'm not seeing him posting anything. And uh, I see your tweet here or your DM to him. Well, okay. Fuck him. <laughs> Welcome to the SSEU podcast. The number one cock doc podcast playing over the demo speakers in Target's electronics department. I am Ryan, your host with a misdiagnosed roast. Damn it. Thomas and Chris are both not here. Yesterday, in an unsuccessful attempt to sneak onto a farm, Thomas was kicked in the head by a horse. Chris, on the other hand, did successfully sneak onto a farm, and after doing whatever it is one does after sneaking onto a farm, Chris was ready to leave and headed to where he had stashed his mountain bike just off the road. Or so he thought. He got turned around and found himself facing several different directions while on the farm and mistakenly walked in the opposite direction of the mountain bike. And over the course of an hour or so, he became more and more furious as he stumbled around, lost in the dark, angrily searching for the Find My Mountain Bike app on his iPhone, because in his confused, dehydrated state, he forgot that the app was only something he'd had a dream about and not something that actually exists. He was paying so little attention to his surroundings as he stomped around that at some point during a particularly lengthy lengthy string of threats and curses at Siri, demanding that she open the Find My Mountain Bike app, he walked right onto a different farm and was almost immediately kicked in the head by a horse. Now, safe to say, what? Somebody's knocking at the studio door. What? Hang on, just a second. Let me go check and see who this is. Thomas, what are you doing here? I thought you were kicked in the head by a horse. You weren't. Okay, I guess you can do the inter. Who's that behind you? A horse. You. You got out of there by promising that he could kick me in the head. No! 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 Ah! Now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. What else is new with you, Jim? Oh, you know, not much. I'm just um, trying to... uh wrap up my tenure as the homeowners association president so uh, oh what what's that what what are the what are the highlights if if you were to summarize your time as president you know i went in it i went into it wanting to like help people um and you know just kind of have it be largely out of sight out of mind i mean you shouldn't really ideally be thinking much about your hoa you know it's it's not a type of small g government that you know is supposed to like provide you know, healthcare services to the poor, education. Defense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's make sure that the common areas are maintained that, you know, there's money in the reserves to make sure that, you know, you're financially viable. Um, and, um, you know, that any facilities you have are up to kept and that people follow the rules. That's really it. Uh, it's the, the goal of the HOA is to protect your, your, your home ownership value. Um, and, you know, I get to do some fun things like trash, you know, of course he jumps off, but trash contracts. Um, we just signed with a new trash company and, you know, I have this big little folding board and have to explain to people, this is when you put your trash cans out to get them taken away. This is what the new company is going to do. But- yeah. I mean, you, you, you asked in the, in the group chat, the, the question about what do you do with the old bins? And yeah, I, what does I the company that- do with them? Yeah. I mean, does mine... The company we used to have has these ro- trucks with robotic arms. So like a driver comes up and pulls up alongside it and like robotic arms, grab it and, you know, shake your trash can into the top of it. And over time, that just breaks your trash can. And the company we switched to used to be Jonathan's trash company. They have people like, I don't know if this is the case in Europe, but in America, like typically they have people who kind of stand on the back. You see them in movies in New York. You know, right, stand on right. The back of the trucks. That's what this company does is they go around and the guy stops, the people jump off the back and they empty it in there and then they just move on to the next house. 
Um, but that doesn't destroy your trash can. So that's why I was asking, was like, what happens? Because like, I mean, are they going to melt my plastic one down? Like if I got that trash can from a trash company new, like with huge cracks in it and, you know, scrapes all over, I'd be like, what kind of operation you guys running here? So that's what I was just kind of wondering, like, do they recycle them at the end of these terms? Because I understand the labor efficiency of having the robotic arm do it, but there is a cost, which is, you know, you have to replace trash cans more often. Right. And I mean, that that's manual riding on the back of of a, uh, what do you call it? A garbage car? No, garbage Garbage truck. truck, Yeah. That's, I mean, that's an honest job that uh, Americans are qualified to do. So I, I can see why you, you would want those kind of jobs. In Sweden, I don't know, we talked uh, briefly about this uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago uh, in Afterglow, how uh, we have, um, there, there's no such f- thing as single stream. Uh, I have seven different bins that I need to sort out my garbage in when, when I go to empty my trash. Uh, what's, what's it like for you guys? Oh, so is that like, so Ikea gets more money on you having to buy more of their trash cans? Trash cans are provided by the landlord. Uh, Where we do, it's just, there's trash and then there's recycling. And it varies based on where you are. I mean, when I was growing up, I mean, I grew up in a froofy kind of liberal suburb um, that recycled before it was cool and made it mandatory. Mm -hmm. They had one for glass, one for for metal. Um, They didn't recycle paper. Um, Now, it all goes in there minus the glass, which is eminently recyclable, but we just right. don't have the capability to do it anymore. Or we've just chosen not to as a country, just like, you know, <laughs> dealing with nuclear waste. We've just decided, <laughs> ah, fuck it. Um, it. It fits under your desk, right? Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of Ikea, I do have in my office here uh, on my wall next under Ahoy, I have an automatic Ikea uh, wall clock. Okay. So yeah. Um, the, the best, the best five bucks you ever spent, right? Yeah, that and my uh, my Casio desk clock here. <laughs> so, um, you know, <clears throat> we should really get Casio to sponsor this, or you guys should do a special SSEU release. Uh, we should. All right. So back back to the HOA. So are you? Are is is it one of those HOAs with a ton of ton of rules? So like, if I redo my house. My shutters have to be purple with pink spots and like. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the, the community has a look to it. And the, the builder, when these places are built, the builder usually sets the rule and the community can change the rules if they want. And, you know, I mean, I don't think our rules are unreasonable. I mean, you, you can't have a neon yellow house. <laughs> have you watched a man called Uwe yet? No, I have not. Okay. Well, I haven't seen the, the American knockoff version because I assume it's worse. Uh, oh, you're talking about the one with Tom Hanks. I know, I know the plot because Sonny ruined it for me. You know, um, but I mean, I, I definitely empathize with him yelling at the uh, <laughs> the woman in the truck, like, "You're not allowed to drive here. Why do the white ones, you know, not drive here?" You know, UPS versus FedEx. It's not like that. You know, I got an issue with some kid who's driving a dirt bike on common areas and through people's lawns, and you know, I don't know how to deal with that because, like I said this is just really to kind of look out to make sure that the community is maintained and people's houses are maintained and consistent. Um, we don't have a police force, you know, we're not out policing, <laughs> you know, I'm not like Wiley e. coyote hiding behind a tree with a trip wire to catch some kid going dirt biking, but you're but, not allowed to do it. Right. But so, are, are there HOAs that do that? Yeah. Um, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you can have private security and police forces. They're not dissimilar from colleges, for example. You know, colleges have their own police forces, you know, um, and eventually sometimes colleges become their own governments, right? Um, like Notre Dame, Indiana is actually a city. Everyone thinks, you know, that, you know, is South Bend, but there's actually Notre Dame, Indiana. And, oh. you know, my college in Missouri is part of St. Louis City, but it has its own police force and it's one of the largest in the state. And it's a Catholic private college. These guys have got guns and everything and a jail. What authority do they have? It varies from state to state. I don't know if that's the case in Virginia. So Virginia is interesting. Uh, in Virginia, all the roads are run, owned by the state unless you choose to make private roads, in which case you're responsible for maintaining their standards, right? So there's like an over 55 community down the road um, and they have like a kind of like my parents' community they have like a security gate and you have to like beep, beep in to be able to drive mm. in the community. They own the roads. They maintain them. They determine uh, if, you know, the parking rules, for example, 
Um, but you know, where I live, the county and the state are responsible for that. So, you know, people aren't saying, why aren't my roads plowed? It's not the HOA's responsibility. Um, you know, it's the state's. So, um, you know, it, it should be small. Um, unfortunately, you know, I got into it and it, it pandemic happened and everyone spent money on home improvement. And you can imagine where that went. Uh, are, are we, are we going to talk about your court experience? Oh, oh, we don't. That... No, we don't. We don't have to. I didn't sign up to go to court with people. You know, that's, <laughs> uh, that's not why I wanted to do it. I just wanted to do because I, you know, there was an open position. And they're like, "Do you want to join the board?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Um, I don't relish going to court with people uh, or telling <laughs> or really telling people how to live. But it's like I always. I'll, I'll leave it with this on HOAs. There are two maxims. If you don't like HOAs, don't live in one. Pretty simple. Right. Um, and HOAs are only as good as the people in them. You were making American jokes earlier about people driving, you know, working on trash trucks, you know, you know, this being America, you're, you're bound to get a bad apple or two. Um, but you have to confront people if they're bullying you. And some people get their jollies because we, we have a longstanding American kind of distrust or hatred for authority. Right. Um, and, you know, some people like getting their jollies, but, you know, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm a volunteer. Um, and other people that I know, uh, have just kind of been faced with difficult actors and just kind of quit. Uh, no, I, I'm not going to be bullied. So I do have a threshold for how much BS I'm willing to sit through mm. for $0. I'd rather be talking about crappy Netflix shows on a podcast than I would. I don't, I don't know. Well, well, what show could that be before we, before we get to that, it looks like it might just be you and me. I wanted to briefly ask about uh, so this football team of yours they they did fairly well uh, do you do you have any comments oh which football team the the Browns oh well I I've paused my fandom with the Browns um, oh when they signed Deshaun Watson um, I couldn't in conscience remain a Browns fan so until they get rid of Deshaun Watson I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Okay. I'm rooting for the Bengals, you know, after they beat the the Bills, the the Bengals are rivals of ours. My grandpa was a Bengals fan, and you know, I like Joe Burrow. Um, good guy. Uh, but you know, the the Browns. I mean, Jimmy Haslam is this stupid Southern owner who does not understand, you know, kind of Cleveland's northeastern Ohio sort of bad weather blue collar culture. He's you know, he's a good old boy from Tennessee. It's a very different, very different culture. And he's big and showy, like Southerners tend to be, or at least are caricatured. Um, and he just keeps signing new quarterbacks. It didn't work for any of the previous owners. I mean, we've had like 20 some odd quarterbacks since the Browns came back in 1999. I mean, do the math. It's 2023 and we've had 20 some odd. And I don't even know the answer to this question. I mean, it's nuts. You know, it seems like every you're, you're lucky to get two seasons. And I, you know, I was I was a critic of Baker Mayfield's because he beat Ohio State and he planted the Boomer Sooner flag in the middle of Ohio Stadium. Oh, so disgusting. The difference between Cincinnati Bengals fans and Browns fans is that almost everyone who is a Browns fan is an Ohio State fan, and that's not true in Cincinnati because they have fans who are from Indiana. They have fans who are from Kentucky. Oh, okay, right. So you know. Um, they had Car Carson Palmer as their quarterback, for example, and he was a quarterback at University of Southern California, and he hated Ohio State. Bengals fans would tolerate that. I mean, it didn't result in them winning any Super Bowls or anything, <laughs> but Browns fans wouldn't. So it took a lot of us a long time to wake uh, to warm to Baker Mayfield, and I thought he was canned unfairly. And then they shine signed Deshaun, and um, the reason why I'm against Deshaun is like he was credibly accused and definitely settled with we're talking 24 women here almost as many women Oof. as browns have had quarterbacks we made fun of ben roethlisberger for one accusation longtime steelers quarterback one accusation um and we would chant no means no ben and i didn't want to be a hypocrite so until Deshaun watson is gone uh i can't be a browns fan and if they win a super bowl uh i will be rooting against them how's uh, how's jvl's mental state then I don't know how the move has kind of affected his fandom. You know, I keep seeing him wearing New York Yankees hats. Oh. I don't know if he's truly adopted the Yankees, which, given where he lives now, is acceptable and fair. But, you know, he was always Mr. Philly, um, you know, back before before he moved. You know, but he's a fan of the sport and, you know, a little, little, little trolling, too. But I don't think he's become a Giants or Jets fan. I think he's still kind of a, a passive Eagles fan. But, look, they won the Super Bowl. 
you know, they've won numerous Super Bowls in his life and they've won one recently. I guess maybe he's just like, we did it. You know, he he wrote a lot about it when it happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's sort of like the Cavs. We have a championship. I can die happy. Cleveland has won a championship in something other than indoor soccer. (laughs) Two things. Uh, The first uh, about the Yankees hats. Uh, It's, uh, I don't know. I I want to use the word annoying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it annoys me. Uh, A lot of Swedes or Europeans, when they go to the US, uh, they come home with some sort of Yankees gear just as a souvenir to show that they've been in the States. And it doesn't really matter, I think, if they go to to DC or Boston or Chicago, they will still come home with a Yankees hat. Yeah, well, it doesn't even matter. They don't even have to go to the United States. (laughs) All the time I visited Europe, starting as a teenager, you'd go to places like Paris or Rome or Barcelona, and they got those guys on the street selling pirated DVDs, pirated CDs, and like Yankees hats next to, you know, uh, you know, Premier League teams and, you know, Royal Madrid. Um, so I, I, I was I was at the clothing store not uh, too long ago. I sent this to, to uh, Ryan and Chris uh, and I was walking. There. I was looking for a sweater and I walked and I was and then I stopped dead in my tracks and I looked behind me and they had sweaters that have like the Yale Bulldog on them. OK, fine. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. it is. It's like the, you know, the Cowboys. I, I hate the term America's team. Um, cause America's team is team USA. There's no other team than America's team, the dream team, miracle on ice, all that other kind of stuff. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, are they the most popular franchise? I mean, Cleveland for a very long time was sort of the face of the, of the NBA when LeBron was there, you'd see Cleveland Cavaliers jerseys in Greece, you know, for sale at shops. Right. I mean, it's neat as someone from Cleveland, cause most people don't like admit from being from Cleveland, plus <laughs> bragging about it. Um, so it's neat to, you know, be next to the Parthenon and see some shitty little vendor has like a knockoff LeBron James jersey made in China. And then they have like this racist Chinese sign saying not made in China, but like, you know, everything is. Uh, so we can talk hockey now since uh, neither of the other two idiots are here. Mm. Uh, my my Swedish team has has won the championship once in my lifetime. Uh, they won it in the mid 90s. I was eight years old. I barely remember that. This last spring, we made it uh, to the final, to game seven of the final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we played at home. And I flew, I crisscrossed the country. I went to uh, almost all of the playoff games. And uh, then they end up losing in the seventh game. And it's almost been a year and I am not fully recovered. I It might be another 26 years be- before they get that far. And we're probably going to lose then too. So I know how you feel, man. I mean, that was like my 2016 Cleveland Indians, you know, and now they're now they're not even the Indians anymore. They're the Guardians. (laughs) But I was there. I went to the game seven, too. And I went in and I wrote about this at the Standard. And then I wrote about it at a local magazine in Cleveland. I appreciate the fatalism. But, you know, at least (laughs) you have one and, you know, you can die happy. Um, And same with the Blues, um, because I was, you know, I went to college in St. Louis and I Mm -hmm. happened to marry a girl from St. Louis that I met out in D.C., but my grandma was from Missouri. And so as a young hockey player, I couldn't be a fan of Chicago because we hate Chicago. I couldn't be a fan of Detroit because we hate Detroit. Couldn't be a fan of Pittsburgh because we hate Pittsburgh. Columbus Blue Jackets didn't exist. Cleveland did have a failed NHL team for like two years in the seventies called the Cleveland Barons. But um, so my team, yeah, no, but what team am I going to be a fan of? So I picked the blues because I liked Al McGinnis and I liked the golden Brett, Brett hole. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, the blues are sort of like the Browns, you know, uh, or at least the old Browns, they would get to the playoffs all the time. They'd have a good shot and then they would always blow it. The blues were kind of like that. They would always get in the playoffs. And so, you know, when they won, that was kind of magical. So I at least have two championships. Now the Cardinals, which is my NL team and my wife's team, Mm. I mean, they win like Mm. every five years. So, you know, they're kind of spoiled, but I'm resigned to the fact that uh, the Browns and the Guardians will probably never give me a World Series or a Super Bowl, and that's okay. I think I saw I saw two or three games uh, at what what was then the Scott Trade Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's it called? Now it's today? the Enterprise Center. I understand uh, in the U.S. that you have a congressman who he's made everything up. Yeah, George Santos from uh, from New York. Yeah, I saw this uh, this great clip. I think you were the one who retweeted it of uh, Mitt Romney yesterday. Just 
tearing him apart <laughs> to reporters in the whole world. It was supposed to be a red wave. That's what we were told, right? And it right. really was kind of more of a lull. Um, Democrats really did much better than um, than uh, than people predicted. And but you know there were places like in New York, for example, um, where um, Republicans actually outperformed. And it's not a place where you expect them to outperform, right? Um, they had a gubernatorial candidate who was funded by some really rich people named Lee Zeldin, who was a former House member. And he was, go he was going against the Democratic governor, Kathy Hochul, who, you know, took over after the scandal. Yep. Um, and uh, he kind of helped them. But Santos had run before and lost big time. And then he ran again. And this time around, um, he just did a better job um, of rallying the establishment, so to speak. Because um, it's not hard to just win a primary when you expect to just get your butt handed to you. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you know, I mean, they, this this is the reason why like Nazis sometimes end up on the ticket of a party in, in like Illinois, because yeah, they're uncontested primaries. Adam Kinzinger could have run against Mary Miller is I think who you're referring to. But the Democrats just kind of, if you look at the way Illinois and, you know, you know, as a political scientist, mm -hmm. the way Illinois is set up. And I wrote recently about their, their new gun law. It's a sea of red with, you know, such a it's one of the yep. most highly concentrated Democratic majorities in the Chicago land area. And mm -hmm. then they have maybe like four or five little blue specks. Yeah, it's like Champaign-Urbana, yeah. uh, maybe Springfield. Adam Kinzinger, especially after all of the apostasies he committed, viewed as, you know, right by right-wing nutjobs, there's no way he was going to beat Mary Miller um, because they wanted the Nazi, right? <laughs> right. Like, uh, you could have, like, if Adam Kinzinger just went along with everything and was just a somewhat moderate Trumpy guy and not a never Trumper, he still would have lost that primary uh, after redistricting um, because that's just what the base wants. You know, Thomas Massey, who replaced my house boss in Congress, who's a, a fucking lunatic. Um, he's, you know, he said something that, you know, he didn't realize why he and Rand Paul won. It's that the voters on the right really do want the craziest son of a bitch. And yeah, the, the, the one that, says the most outrageous things mm -hmm. and it's out there. So there you go. Yeah. So I, you know, with Santos, it's like, we are getting a new scandal probably every day from him. <laughs> we are finding out like a, like literally something new every day. What, 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 what was the first? Ooh, you know, I mean, they're going, there's going to be a book about this. There's probably going to be HBO. I mean, now Netflix and others do it, but HBO used to be the go-to place for political movies mm. right? um, uh, before the streaming wars. Uh, but you'll see something like an HBO movie made about George Santos. I don't know what the first one was. I would say one of the first things we found out was he lied about where he went to college. Okay. And uh, he said that he went to Baruch college, which is very popular with, um, I mean, New York conservatives has a huge Jewish influence, given that it's, you know, New York is sort of the Jewish epicenter of, uh, of America, and also right-wing Jews, too. Right, and then uh, didn't he also like, claim to be part, part Jew Jewish or Jew something? I didn't say I was Jew Jewish, I said I was Jew-ish, you know, <laughs> um, but he also lied about playing volleyball um like he was he said he was a volleyball star as if that was supposed to impress people but like maybe like that was just sort of his in his mindset like as a gay man that he thought that volleyball was impressive but like a, co a college volleyball star or yeah and i'm sorry like that's <laughs> just not a thing um and like baruch is not even an impressive college it's not a bad college you know it's not like the University of Phoenix. I mean, it's it's not like something people look down upon or kind of say like, well, you know, you went to Strayer. It's, it's a college. Yeah, it's a college. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, no, I'd, say, I'd even say it's better than a college. It's I mean, it's mm. it's better than like one of the State University of New York kind of, you know, SUNY Bumblefuck, or, you know, because they have <laughs> all of these things, you know, <laughs> Um. Uh, well, like here's in Illinois, it's 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 better than SIUC. That's, <laughs> you have to be from the Midwest to understand that uh, 
understand that uh, reference. Right. Okay. And, and so, so he he embellished his and what because he thought that all of these small things would like ap- appeal to people, like these stupid I, embellishments. I think what we're finding out now is that there there are broad embellishments that he did that he did to try and more ingratiate himself with. Uh, the party apparatus because they didn't really get to know him or do any due diligence the first time around. But then as we're finding out all these little weird details, uh, I think he's just kind of the guy who would say anything like to anyone, if he thought it would make, make them, you know, more impressed by him just slightly. Right. Um, And now we're finding out about his roommate situations, you know, the lies about his mom and 9-11. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the, what's the roommate situation? Um, I mean, well, he was like, we don't even know where the guy lives. He was like living with his sister and then his sister got evicted. I mean, money has always been an issue. One roommate, like he was living with a whole bunch of people and like having a flop house and they were just like putting up bed sheets to like you know segregate living spaces and living rooms right really a real flop house situation and then he like stole one of the roommates ikea dressers which i knew would be a good good thing for you if you search george santos ikea there's a whole story about it um and it was like a poor guy who needed a cheap place to live in new york because it's an expensive place and he was like i'm okay like i spend all day at work i just need a place to sleep he didn't have very many possessions kind of looks like your room but uh and he was just like yeah and then i just kind of had enough and then i moved out and then he like kept my dresser and insisted it was his and he's like i don't give a shit he's like you can't move ikea dressers very easily without them breaking down which is not true <laughs> if, if if you have an ikea dresser that's breaking down because you moved it it's cuz you didn't ins- build it correctly and then you didn't tighten the screws before you moved I mean, I've moved numerous times with Ikea dressers. Um, in my office, I have a Walmart bookshelf that I've had since 2003. So, and what's his real name? I think it's George Anthony Santos. But there's this other thing where he went by Anthony DeVolder. I, I think that the lying of, like, look, a lot of people in politics lie and say, I'm a political consultant. What they've really done is they've, like, paid $100 to LegalZoom to get an LLC. And, you know, they created something like Truck Nuts Consulting. And they tell people that they're consultants, but they don't have a single client, right? But that's what they do. And then they eventually get a job in a campaign. And they're like, well, I did consulting. And then I did campaign work. It's like people overlook the fact that they probably did nothing. You know, they were just living off savings until they found another job. So they closed that resume gap. In New York finance, you can't just go around and say this. I mean, you can, I guess. He did. Eventually, people are going to find out. You know, it's sort of like a resume Ponzi. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much lied about everything. Amazing. I just, I don't, I, we, uh, we talked, I think we talked about this on the show uh, when when we talked about inventing Anna. I, I forget her name now. Anna. The, no, Kelby. Uh, her uh, and like the Elizabeth, what's her name? With, with the. Yeah, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, you got you got the Tinder swindler who also got these people who just take keep it up until they get caught. Then they continue. It's maniacal with him, you know. And I think that the Saturday, like all of the memes about him, like there was the whole <laughs> Mitt Romney exchange you talked about earlier. Yeah, you know, someone made up a fake thing. It's like I'm actually Governor Santos, Mr. Romney. You know, <laughs> he's not going to resign. He's under ethics investigation. The Department of Justice told the FEC to hold off because they're looking to him uh local authorities in new york are looking into him um you know in the past the kevin mccarthy the real reason why kevin mccarthy isn't doing shit about him is because one he needs his vote because his, his majority is so slim but he wouldn't have been speaker without his vote right for mccarthy every single time <laughs> um and so you know i guess he can't uh, do the right honorable thing and uh you know propose that we discharge him uh but the funniest thing in all of this is with all of the anti-woke uh, groomer bullshit about like trans people and drag queen story hour and everything. He is a literal fucking drag queen. He denied it. And then it's proven true. <laughs> I thought that that was going to be the thing that really did him in. But no, hypocrisy knows no bounds. Uh, they won't even vote to expel a drag queen while they're accusing Democrats of grooming children. 
Uh, right. So, so how's the how's the MAGA right treating it? Uh, it's just we're putting their head in the sand. It's you know, I mean, it's they're just so used to doing it. But <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what people on their party did. It's just what they can accuse the other side of doing. Right. It doesn't matter if they're worse. And it's not just always projection, which it almost always is. But they literally have someone that you know, Ron DeSantis, and I think uh, Tim made Tim Miller made this point in his recent guest triad. I mean, they're talking like if you don't agree with us, you're also groomers. By that logic, like George Santos is a groomer in chief. They won't expel him from the ranks because Democrats bad. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if this is true, but I think this is true. Uh, going from, I, I don't know. You, do you remember Mark Stein? Oh, yeah. The writer, the Canadian, uh, the international man of mystery, Mark Stein. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so he, he recently uh, departed from, uh, from uh, GB News. Uh, the the failed uh, British version of uh, Fox News, sort of, and uh, he he unloaded on them on his website, uh, where he also announced the Demark Stein cruise of 2023, where you get to you know you get to to rub shoulders with uh, the, with him and talk to other prominent guests that are going to be on board, and I think I think the headliner was Michelle Bachman. <laughs> Now, if we could put this in in post, you know he's a singer, right? Yeah, yeah, he's released like CDs, right? Or yeah. albums, I guess. Here we go. I taught, I taw a putty tat, and it's what? got really crazy. Say that, say that, say that again. I taught, I taw a putty tat. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I had a friend who worked for Conservative Review when he was with them. Because you remember, like, Mark Stein is basically, like, flamed out of every single place he's gone. Now, I think this National Review, is it was a huge, expensive lawsuit regarding... uh, Yeah, yeah. He was was accused of libeling someone uh, who was a global warming uh, person. And I think he said they're full of shit. And they're like, you're libeling me. And it was a lawsuit. And then he eventually kind of got pushed out from National Review. Now, getting pushed out, of course, doesn't exempt National Review from the liability and things. I don't know how that ended. But then he was doing the show at Conservative Review and he flamed out there. They built him a multi-million dollar studio in Maine where he was living. And he had a whole team of professionals up there. And um, uh, he just was unreasonable to deal with. And the person that uh, I was friends with um, was on his show. And then there was this huge public fight where they were just leaking stuff everywhere about his insane demands and uh, you can look you can look it up but like there were there were whole lawsuits and how he would terrorize the staff and uh so i'm i'm a little su- not surprised that he flunked out of gb i don't know who'd be willing to work with him but it's hilarious michelle bachman would go on a cruise <laughs> somebody oh god you know that could be a bulwark item i might go spend a week on the cruise with them and just write about it uh, they are. Uh, I, I saw here in the ad. They are using the. Didn't um, didn't you guys on the Weekly Standard? Didn't you use the? Um, what's it called? America Lines. Ooh, an Adriatic uh, cruise itinerary. Special guests. Oh, they still say he's the presenter. Yeah, Michelle Bachman. Tal Bachman. No relation. He's a singer and a songwriter for She's So High. Okay. Leilani Doubting. Never heard of her. James Golden, oh, Bo Snurdly, who is Rush Limbaugh's, uh, you know, phones guy. Uh, Andrew Lawton, I know who he is. He's a nut. Uh, Alexander Marshall, never heard. John O'Sullivan, of course, former National Review guy. Uh, and Eva Vlader, Vlardingerbroke. Oh, she's Dutch. You should, uh, you should, uh, you should uh, go on the cruise and see if you can't make it with Eva Vlardingerbroke. <laughs> and just tell her that Lassie is a, is a much better name. 
you know, she wants to make it. Uh, she uh, she was she was very briefly. I don't think it lasted more than like a month or something. Uh, the the Sweden Democrats also tried to run like their own media network on on YouTube and stuff, uh, and she was like a guest commentator there for for a month or so. Uh, before, uh, be- I-, I don't know if uh, she she hated the cold or something, but but she left. Oh, so they used the Cruise and Vacation Authority. I believe that's the company we used. It's not a cruise line. It's like a company that excels in like programmatic stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I never went on any weekly standard cruises. I only did the on land events. But how many would go on one of these events? You should go. You you should definitely go and write a piece or or send send Ben or Tim or someone. Oh, that's hilarious. They're on the Ooster Dam. My parents are on that ship right now. No vax required. Oh, hilarious. Yeah, no, my parents are literally on um, Holland America's MS Ooster Dam right now in South America going to the going to see the penguins in Antarctica. Oh, cool. That sounds like a much better show than going to see Mark Stein and Michelle Bachman. I would much rather see smelly ass penguins than that. But cabin pricing. So if I wanted to go and get an inside stateroom on the Mark Stein cruise, it's $3,300. Mm. Is that a lot? Is that... So I, I, the only cruise I ever went on until this last year was I went on a Nile River cruise uh, back when I worked in the Senate. And it was before Egypt, you know, was now kind of what Egypt is, is. it was, it was a somewhat stable time for Egypt. Um, so it was a good time to go. Um, I have no idea how much that costs, but the, it was like an old Soviet era riverboat, right? You know, you're not getting seasick. You're on the Nile river. Um, I went on a Disney cruise in December uh, to the Bahamas. And um, I looked that up. It's not cheap because it's Disney and right. um, you know, you're, you're paying for all the extra Disney stuff. But then I started in, in researching all this stuff. For a long time, I got cruise ads online. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, yep. you love cruising. We're going to serve you cruise ads. Yep. Um, so I would click on some of them. Not that I really love cruising. Um, but, you know, I had a Disney. It was a great cruise. Um, but uh, turns out that you can go on cruises extremely cheaply from like Carnival, from like Miami to the Bahamas. Like you can go on a four day cruise for like two, three hundred bucks. Oh, and it okay. includes your food too. Um, right. It doesn't include tips and taxes. And right, and and then it's like it's the the, the shittiest inside room you can yeah. get. Yeah, and then they probably. get you on the alcohol. You know, like uh, it does not include alcohol. And a, um, and a tansonite. Yeah, and the uh, and you know there are a lot of and I started getting uh, this on YouTube too, and there are like riots on these ships. Like people get drunk and fight with each other. It like <laughs> get pretty. It can get pretty rowdy. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the reason why, I mean, the weekly standard cruises is probably the same reason why Mark Stein and national review and commentary need, and everyone need, does need it. to raise it's, money. They're very, yeah, they're very good at raising money. So if you look at it and they're charging $3,300 a person, you know, it probably costs no more than a thousand dollars. And that's like, you know, $2,300 in profit per person. So you have, you know, a whole bunch of people, you can quickly make six figures, um, you know, but with Stein, you know, you got to pay, you got to pay the way of the other guests. And mm-hmm. in some cases you probably have to pay them money. You know, <laughs> the last weekly standard cruise, you know, who was on that one? No. Molly Hemingway. <laughs> Good memories. Uh, it's just kind of fun to look back and think how different politics were. But right. even so few years ago, uh, Jim, we are we are starting to run out of time or you are starting to run out of time. Do, do you have anything to say about the recruit? Uh, yeah. Before before Ryan comes on the show and praises it, <laughs> um, well, look, I wasn't the target audience for the recruit. Um, I who's the tar- who's the target audience for the recruit? Ryan. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I'd say it's it's more for like younger hit people. I would say you know from the little I know <laughs> about uh, the way that world clandestine world works. Um, you know, they, they did a pretty decent job at trying to make it appear real and genuine. I could see some homages to the movie. But do they, though? Do they make it appear real and genuine? I said there was an attempt. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It tried too hard to kind of appeal to millennials. But I, you know, I really loved the movie with Al Pacino and the, the gorgeous Bridget Moynihan uh, and mm. Colin Farrell. Um, but um, I could see some homages to it. Um, it was a very different movie, obviously. I mean, this guy is a general counsel. He's a lawyer who gets sucked into, I watched the whole thing, who gets kind of stuck, stuck into the operation side. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was a little too young for me. 
even though I am older than Max Maladze or the actress who portrays her named Laura Haddock. I mean, she looked like she was 50 years old in that thing and she's 37. Um, uh, and then uh, his uh, on again, off again, love interest, Hannah, his kind of bougie roommate with the rich right. Asian tiger. Well, with, all, with all the money. Yeah. Um, she was annoying. Um <laughs> you know, but you needed her. I liked Kayla, Xander, Amelia, the kind of woman who would practice going on TV. Uh, yeah, she, she's the one I was, I was doing some reading on the show afterwards and it seems like she's the one who's had sort of a breakthrough uh, thanks yeah. to the show. Yeah. Well, and you know what? And she also, I thought was one of the more realistic characters because there are people probably at the CIA who know that like, it makes way more sense to be this kind of specialist talking head than, than it does this. I mean, that, that, that I, that I thought rang sort of true people thinking steps ahead, but um, the actress who portrays Hannah, who I, I just despised um, her name is Fievel Stewart, like Fievel, like the, like the cartoon character, but she goes by Fievel because her parents named her Trente heaven with a Y. <laughs> and I would say that is the, that is the target audience for this show is people who are named heaven with a Y like, <laughs> you have to be of a certain age to be, to be named that. I mean, obviously there were a whole bunch of unrealistic things, you know, like uh, Terrence, the gay roommate, you know, goes for I a separation. His, I thought his plot line was a little absurd. Like he's literally right out of law school and he wants to get married and adopt kids. It seemed a little contrived, not in DC. And it's not anything to do with his, his sexual preference. People in D.C. don't, unless they work for the Claremont Institute or, you know, some of these <laughs> rad trad places, don't immediately get there and like are working at their first bitch job at the Treasury and like, you know, I'd really like to get married and have kids in one of the most expensive places in America. Now, where I went to college, that was that was I had a bunch of friends who got married to their college sweethearts and immediately had kids like they have teenagers now. And, you know, like I have near like young kids who were barely were toddlers days ago it's it's not a dc thing so i thought that that was bullshit and then he immediately falls in love with the white house guy um who works uh on sanctions uh when they're doing now of course i did think that the scavenger hunt slash trivia thing was kind of accurate. right i, I, I was going to ask about that did, yeah did that's, that ac- seem that's accurate for dc okay. i remember i did one scavenger hunt there's usually a lot of alcohol involved and that was that was accurate mm-hmm. uh, from my recollection of the one 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 I did, <laughs> one guy who was in uh, on a, a, a competing team got so drunk he peed on the door of a metro train while it was going and then <laughs> fell over. And this being DC, of course, no one no one arrested him or reported him. But like he pissed all over a door of a train with carpet and just like doo doo got off the <laughs> next stop. Um, but no, I mean. Uh, when the next season comes out and it was hilarious at the end of it, they had to announce that it had been renewed because the show was so bad that like you were thinking <laughs> no fucking way they're renewing this show. <laughs> Turns out they are. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure Netflix has tons of metrics showing that 70 million people watch at least five seconds of the show. I thought it was interesting and I don't know the name of the character and spoiler alert, Max Malaze gets shot. She probably dies, but who knows with the show and they, uh, she might be back next season, but turns out it was her daughter that you have been led to believe was dead the whole time, you know, is, is, is a Russian agent. I will say if you look up the actor uh, who portrays uh, Janice Ferber, and I thought that was a little like Janice, the two-faced Roman god. Like, did you just steal this from Goldeneye? That that actor's name is Christian Brune. And he actually kind of looks like Ryan a little bit. He's got a Ryan shape. <laughs> I, I, I think my favorite character was Kevin Mills, the president's chief of staff. Um, oh, not Bob. Not Bob, who's portrayed by David Denman, uh, who, uh, as you know, was Roy from The Office. I haven't seen The Office. Kitchen's the... Um, the, the or ops guy who becomes yeah. a lawyer uh, yeah. who later goes back to being an ops guy. I liked him because he and Owen had kind of a bonding moment mm-hmm. and, in Beirut, uh, right? Was yeah. It and then yeah. he and Violet, of course, you know, had that like weird. Act? I don't know. Yeah. It was, that was not well explained, but. And, um, and it, it turned romantic toward the end or something. It, it did. Um, you know, they're in that, they're in that shitty camper. And she was like, you know, do you ever sleep with an asset? I didn't think Owen was going to 
uh, boink Max Maladze. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know. Well, I was hoping he, he wouldn't. Like, I feel like that was, uh, I don't know, too, too cliche, too expected somehow. I, I wish they would have gone a, in a different, different way with that. Also, he's an idiot for doing it. Yeah, he probably got the clap now. <laughs> and on that note, Jim, thank you for being on. <laughs> yeah, hey, always great to be here. And I uh, look forward to listening to the rest of the show with other people. I know, I'm sure Ben will log on at four o'clock. <laughs> so you got uh, to punch in, man. I was here at one, I was here at one fifteen. I even set an alarm on my new <laughs> Casio G-Shock watch. So I would be here and I turned on the cactus and Ryan fucked me. Did you see, I have a watch. This I like is it. The, tell, tell me about it. It's it's a Polar Pulse slash uh, sport watch. Uh, I, I hadn't owned a watch since like high school uh, mm-hmm. because I just, I kept losing them and my parents uh, banned me from, from buying another one. Uh, and so I never got one. Uh, but then when I started to do a running, I'm going to run a half marathon this summer. Oh, cool. Uh, and I needed a way to keep track of it. And so I got this and I've got an, I've got an obsessed with tracking my steps. Today, we are up to 9,200. I tried oh. to do 10, 10K a day. Uh, and so it, there's a lot of jumping around in this apartment. Uh, you know, I haven't week. set all of my world times out. I have world time on my uh, on my G-Shock. I, I should I should put your yours in there. I would look into the Casio. It's called the Casio G, uh, G-Shock G-Lide or Glide. Um, that has um, that has a step tracker in it. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool watch. But I mean, you know, you can tell how physically active I am. I don't. I don't go running. I, I do love the G Shocks. I would say if you wanted a cheap watch, if you kept losing them, you should get the F ninety one W, the the Osama bin Laden watch. You can get for like ten bucks. Why? Why is it called the bin Laden watch? Oh, because um, Al Qaeda uses them for remote bond timers. Oh, oh, nice. Okay, they, so that's, that's set, the one you should carry around. On it. And then, you know, so people who wore those watches, it was known as the Mark of Al-Qaeda. But, you know, it was it's it was one of the first L, um, LCD watches that was mass produced and during the quartz revolution that really kind of kicked Switzerland on their butt. Um, and now hipsters are wearing them because they're retro. But, you know, I, I, I bought them on those Europe trips when I was in high school from mm. those little watch shops you'd see in Rome and everything. And um, I still have one and I took off the, the, the rubber band it came with and I put it on a NATO strap. Um, I think I sent that picture to you guys. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. But those, those are fun, but you know, I love my bulwark diver. That is my most prized watch. Um, but you know, if anyone ever wants to talk about what JBL, JBL calls forking Timex um, or, or Casio, I think JBL has a little bit more respect for Casio um, because they at least have, way more in the way of high-end watches than Timex does. Timex does have a couple high-end watches in the Waterbury collection, but not that many. And go buy watches. Uh, Tune in again next week uh, from the White House. Thank you and good night.